my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Atlanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm continuing on the Danny's career letter journey with the second episode in this three episode series. Season 1, episode 12, our very first promo. This aired December 18th, 1987. In this episode, the Tanner family is thrilled when they are chosen to appear in a local promo at Danny's TV station. Alright, this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10, based on 319 ratings. This episode was directed by Richard Carell. Writers Jeff Franklin and Leonard Rips as Lenny Rips. Apparently he went by Lenny Rips in the show. <laughs> let's look at the cast list. We do have, let's see. How do you say your name? Belita Marino as Ronnie Gardner. What has she been in here? Oh, wow. I remember watching Perfect Strangers growing up, and she played Lydia. She was in 46 episodes. All right, cool. She was also in an episode of Murphy Brown. Some movies clear in Present Danger. George Lopez Show, Wizards of Waverly, Waverly Place, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid Movie. Oh, she plays Mrs. Norton. She's also in the sequel, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. Right. We have a girl here who plays a character named Amanda, according to the IMDb here. The actress's name is Courtney Ann J-E-N-G. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But anyway, she actually, I remember this because she's the young Asian girl who Ronnie hired to be like a child prodigy of the violin for playing the role of baby Michelle. Like, oh, let's age Michelle up. Let's make it look, you have an adopted daughter. And just like, uh. <laughs> and of course, the Tanners in season one do not have a dog yet. But according to this promo, <laughs> Ronnie is just, uh, I will get to it. She's just the way that she is representing Danny is just, you know, he's not, she's not, she's thinking that the kids aren't right for how, like how they are. Like you can't act like how you normally do because DJ and Stephanie are wearing white turtlenecks, their hair is pinned back and a matching buns. They're both carrying like either a cello or a violin. Jesse's wearing his vest with a t-shirt and he's got like a little butler black bow tie. Uh, but 
<laughs> we'll get to all that. Oh, yes, Da Vinci, the dog, the standard white poodle. <laughs> we got one piece of trivia in the episode titled Joey's Place. Danny pays to have the garage converted into a room for Joey, but in the episode... Our very first promo, two episodes later, the garage is back to normal. And Joey's once again in the alcove, which happens a lot with TV shows. They are filmed in one order, but they are aired in a different order. Hmm. Right, we got some goofs. Kimmy tells Stephanie that she looks like the little girl from Poltergeist who got sucked into the TV. Carol and I think when I'd seen this episode originally... Uh, that was well before. I don't think I saw the Poltergeist movie till I was like an adult and I was working at a video store. Uh, let's see. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Carol Ann, the little girl, was sucked into another dimension through her bedroom closet. A TV set was relevant in the early parts of the film because Carol Ann used it to contact spirits. Well, they were contacting and speaking to her through the TV. The North American ferret is a black-footed, not silver-footed ferret. In addition, the ferret was listed as extinct in the wild in 87 and with help of a breeding program running from 91 to 2008. It was reintroduced, so there is no way that a ferret was even in that house. Yeah, usually when I think of, you know, rodents, like, houses being, you know, mice, you know, rats, cockroaches... No way in the world am I thinking that there's a ferret just running loose that somehow got stuck up in the the air vents or something running through that. No, I don't think so. Somebody had a ferret somewhere, got loose, the garage door just happened to be open, and it wandered in, probably looking for a place to hide. All right, we got some reviews. First of all, oh boy. <laughs> this is for March 7th, 2020. This reviewer gives us a 1 out of 10. That is wow. I think, have I read a review so far for this show on IMDb that has been that low of a rating? I don't think this person is a real Full House fan. I don't think they are. This is by Tara Angel hyphen 40960. Okay, here we go. Okay, so this is episode 12 of season 1. It starts out in the quote-unquote garage, which makes no sense since it... Okay, this person clearly put trivia in on IMDb for this episode because they are pretty much stating exactly what the trivia is saying. Which makes no sense in episode 10, Joey's Place. The garage is no longer a garage. In that episode, the garage is completely renovated, carpeting the whole nine yards into an apartment for Joey. Were the people involved in continuity sleeping when Joey's place was made? They probably, oh no, you, they probably filled them in order and then however they aired is however they aired. That's just how things happen. All right. Six out of ten. Ferret one, Jesse zero. This is from February 27th, 2014 by Kellen, Kellen Vess. Warning spoilers. The Tanners are jubilant, uh, <laughs> jubilant about the idea of a documentary about, the, okay, it's not a documentary, it's just for a promo for being that he's a sportscaster. It's like, oh, you want to hear more, you want to learn more about your sportscasters, like their personal lives, if they have kids, if they're married, what the inside of their house looks like, what they are when they're not sitting behind a desk in front of the camera, well, we're going to show you that aspect. 
All right. So, person in charge, Ronnie Gardner, gives off a flippant attitude and decides to complicate things by replacing Joey and Michelle. Yeah, Joey has been uh, delegated to holding cue cards. That's his responsibility. And Jesse doesn't even get to be the uncle. He gets to be the butler. Oy, oy, oy. Making things rather barren in the process. Meanwhile, Jesse becomes bent on catching a ferret in the house, which the girls think is a monster. Well, uh, honestly, it starts with Stephanie getting really, like, I mean, if you heard a noise in your basement, you don't know what it was. And it's a constant, like, that's like nothing I've ever heard before. Wouldn't you, basements are already scary enough. Why are we adding strange noises? Yeah. Joey insists Jesse catches it and sets it free. I thought this was one, this one was decent at best. I felt it was a step back and rather corny. It didn't have too many laughs and the subplot with that quote unquote monster was rather boring. We've all been scared of monsters at one point in our lives, but it was done very ineffectively here. DJ's best friend, Kimmy, shows up here and annoyed me as usual. You know, and, and that's the thing I'll say. Growing up, I mean, Kimmy, but I think that's the point of her character is to annoy you. Now, will I say that Steve Urkel annoyed me more? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Covering that episode, Fight the Good Fight, and just Steve just calling the principal and the teacher by their first name. I'm just like, kid, who are you, kid? Where, what? I never did that. But just his general, just in your face, constantly like sidling right up to you, like, please, Steve, personal space, please. We don't have that problem with Kimmy. Kimmy's not level up in your face, shoving her foot in, her, in your face. No, well, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue with this review, shall we? All right. She does make a funny poltergeist joke towards Stephanie, though. Full House fans should find a few things to like about this one. All righty. Last review, 5 out of 10, titled Stories of the Fake Rich and Famous. This is from December 6, 2013. By Mitch RMP. Okay, this is another one of those episodes I don't really care for. First of all, we see the garage. Obviously, this episode was filmed before Joey's play. Yeah, yes, we get it. Please, you got to... Two people now have quoted... We, we understand. We get it. Can we please not harp on this anymore? <laughs> yes. The main story in this episode is about a document... It's... Is it a document? I'll figure that out when I start covering the episode, okay? I thought it was a promo. I didn't think it's a full-fledged documentary. Newscasters and their personal lives. <laughs> Coming to Netflix streaming 2022. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, documentary on Danny's family that is being filmed in the Tanner house. The person in charge didn't like the normal family, so decided to Spice it up a bit. And she pretty much flips it on its head is what she does. Spice it up would be to keep the original but add a little flourish to it. Like, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Pretend Kimmy's a robot. I don't know. 
<laughs> She's the next to a ro neighbor robot. Danny didn't stand for it and made her film it as is. Then there's a sub story about a quote unquote monster in the house. Stephanie is the first to hear it. Then DJ, followed by the whole thing. Okay, I don't. Oh, I really don't think that Danny has even knows that there's a ferret in his basement. Jesse is a pest control specialist. Yes, he confirms that. He is not a uh, exterminator. He is a, the scientific term, or the proper term, pest control specialist. Really? Finds it in his mission to find the pest and kill it, but Joey doesn't want him to kill it. He wants it set free. Hence the ending of the episode with a born free free as the wind however that song goes from the born free movie about the lions speaking of there's a connection to the tv movie born free something or other that has ariana richards from jurassic park and jonathan brandis who played in season two's episode uh, <laughs> um i'm blanking on that Little Roman, why can I not talk? It's like eight, almost 8.30 at night. <laughs> a Little Romance, yes, Jonathan Brandis, R.I.P. He was in that Born Free TV movie. I don't think I ever saw it. Maybe bits of it on YouTube. I think it might, even, it might be on YouTube. There's a really cute scene of him swimming in a pond with the lioness. Oh, I mean, if you were crushing on uh, Jonathan Brandis back in the day... Oh, hard eyes, hard eyes. And he doesn't look bad with glasses on, I'll say that. Nobody looks bad with glasses on, I'll tell you that. Nobody. Everyone looks beautiful, with or without glasses. And I know, I apologize I haven't done this in a bit, but I'll read the DVD description. I like to, comparison-wise, see if it's a yay or an a. Sometimes they're a hit or good, sometimes they're a miss. Let's see. The guys and girls film a promotion for Danny's TV station with the emphasis on not being themselves. Okay, I don't like that. I, I don't like that at all. At least I didn't call it a documentary. All right, before I get started, of course, I want to welcome you Tanner newbies that have just jumped on the Tanner train, hence the podcast listening for the first time. I want to welcome you aboard. And I want to tell you a couple things about this podcast that might be a smidge different from other Full House pod and Fuller House podcasts. One, this is a Full House slash Fuller House podcast that you can listen to with your children on speaker. It is a clean, family-friendly podcast, a podcast for ears of all ages. That way, you see, I wanted to do this so that way... People either reminiscing who grew up with the show or want to, you know, listen along, you know, with, with their kids and everything like that and share their memories. I wanted to be able to be that podcast uh, for everybody. And just sharing my love of both these shows, especially, you know, Full House. I grew up with that. That was... Out of all the TGIF shows, honestly, that was the one that I followed through from beginning to end. Other shows that kind of, you know, dropped off. Boy Meets World. 
I think I kind of dropped off probably in season four or three. I can't remember. Family Matters. I honestly don't think I really kept up with that one. Even Step by Step, on occasion, depending on what the episode was about, I might have watched it. But Full House for me religiously I mean every single week I was parked in front of the TV watching it another thing about this podcast that's a little different is that I don't go episode by episode season by season I wanted to do something different I wanted to go a series of episodes based on characters or themes right now being that it is March in honor of Bob Saget I am covering Danny's career ladder journey. Last week I did Knock Yourself Out. Today I'm covering our very first promo. And then next week, the final of the three episodes for this series. Season three's finale, our very first telethon. In April, for the th- podcast's three-year anniversary, I am going to be covering the serious episodes of Full House. I've been meaning to get to this for a while. A while now. I think even at one point last year or in 2020, I wanted to start something up. But it just didn't feel right. So, yeah. I'm going to be kicking things off with Season 3, Just Say No Way. Season 4, Shape Up. Season 6, Silence Is Not Golden. Season 8, Under the Influence. And Season 8, Stephanie's Wild Ride. Surprisingly... And I did not know this until I was writing all this stuff on the calendar. There are five Fridays in April. How this managed to just work out since there are five episodes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's five Fridays? Because, you know, the podcast comes out on Friday, Full House Friday. So I'm like, all right, well, that works. Plus, Candace Cameron Bure has a birthday in early April. I'm going to be covering Fuller House's season five, DJ's amazing 40th birthday race or something that's such a long title but yeah I'll be doing that I actually do plan to do a separate mini episode so I've I've gotten all of the episodes that I still have to do of full house and I got them all set up on a schedule so what I've determined is I will be done with the full house part of the podcast in April, not April, I'm sorry, October, I believe, October 2023. So we got about a year and a half. So that means once that part of the podcast is done, any fuller house episodes I have not covered, I will be continuing my coverage of those episodes. And most likely I'm probably just going to go in order of the ones that I haven't covered. Once the podcast is complete with both shows having been covered, I most likely will be doing other things Full House related. Reading some Full House Stephanie books. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, and just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. If you guys want me to put some clean, you know, for everybody movie reviews like I do with the Punky Power and the Looking Back at My Wonder Years 
podcasts, I will gladly put them up on the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast SoundCloud account. The only reason I haven't really done that too much is just because I wanted to keep it strictly, you know, Full House, Fuller House related stuff. So if you if you guys want that, just let me know on the Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast. All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast Facebook page will pop up. Just message me comments on one of my posts. You can even send an email, omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Just let me know, like, hey, I wouldn't mind if you put it on this platform, you know, any of the reviews that you're going to, you know, for family-friendly stuff. So, yeah, I do I do definitely have stuff in the works. As far as the clean podcast that I do is going to be your Punky Power. I also covered all five seasons of Silver Spoons. There's that on the Punky Power podcast. But to be honest, the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, that is strictly, that's 18 and up. So, I got my older crowd podcasts that I do, and then I have my everybody can listen to podcasts that I do. I do plan, I was thinking about it, I'm like, this is the 30th anniversary of the movie Beethoven. Now, if you remember, if you've been a longtime podcast listener, I already covered Beethoven, and Beethoven's second actually was split into two parts, but those are more for, you know, adult ears. I will do Beethoven this year, and I will make that a, for everybody's ears, family-friendly, clean, so that way those out there that, you know, may be triggered by, you know, certain words and stuff like that, that I will give you an opportunity to be able to listen to a clean, family-friendly version of my review. Also, other social media platforms for the podcast are going to be Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Podcast, and Twitter at OMHC, Full House. So, one last thing, if you have listened for a while, you enjoy the podcast, you want to show support in honor of the three-year anniversary coming up in April, if you haven't yet and you want to leave a review for the podcast, you're more than welcome to. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House, Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves, old and new. So, yeah, just... If I could get one, one, one review, even one review for the three-year anniversary of this podcast, that would make my year. That would make my year. Honestly and for true. Would mean the world to me. So, no pressure. <laughs> All right, guys, I've talked enough. It's 22 minutes, apparently. I haven't been recording so far. So, let's get into our very first promo, and I will just get on the right irritated train I'm not gonna say hey irritated train of Ronnie Gardner because I could not cannot stand that woman she irks every nerve that I have <laughs> all right guys let's do this 
Okay, so I actually looked at Andrea Barber's IMDb resume as far as Full House. This is her second episode in season one. It looks like she was only... Looks like she just has five episodes total for season one. So the first one, of course, was the first day of school. Second episode, which is this, our very first promo. Then we have Seriously Folks, Just One of the Guys, and DJ Tanner's Day Off. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not sure which one is worse. Because we got DJ wearing... It's like an overall dress, but it's kind of a like a beige color. And then we got Kimmy with yellow... It's like a yellow outfit with like a, some type of uh, designs or something uh, that goes across the front of it and a matching yellow headband. So those two, probably DJ would be worst outfit and Kimmy would be runner up. Yes, it's early on. It's just the first scene, but they're <laughs> looking at this basement. There's so much just random stuff down here. There are hula hoops that are behind the water heater in the basement. And then, wow, wow, I just thought of something. So Joey's basement gets redone. Well, Joey's basement. Joey's apartment, which used to be the basement. Where's the water heater? Can you move a water heater to another part of a house? I thought that kind of stuff is always located in the basement. What about the furnace? Where's that located? How can you, I, you know what? <laughs> just too many questions to uh, have answers for. I'm just thinking those hula hoops. Now, I remember, I swear that in Middle Age Crazy, Stephanie was trying to break the hula hoop record, right? And I swear those pink and white candy cane looking striped hula hoops one of those, because there's like three of them down there. I don't think we've ever seen any of them use a hula hoop until season two's Middle Age Crazy. Because that's right, because Harry is in season two, but I don't think, I think he's only in like one episode of season three, and that's nerd for a day. So, of course... DJ doesn't want Kimmy to go home because Kimmy's got her butt. She's got her butt. She lives literally right next door within walking distance. Why are you bringing your bike over? Maybe she wanted to show it off. Oh, my God. Is that the type of bike that's got the metal foot pedals that you would never in a million years try to ride barefoot on one of those things? Ugh. Now, I, I honestly preferred the foot pedals on a bike that were, like, I don't know whether it was, like, hard, a hard plastic, black plastic type of foot pedal, but I did, those spiky metal ones, those, even if you're wearing shoes, like, when you're turning those things, if you're wearing shorts or leggings that only go all the way down to maybe your calf area, you're getting, like, really torn up with those things hitting your your ankles your calves oh torture devices i swear kimmy's got a trapper keeper in her little basket maybe they're doing hopes they they were doing homework more like dj was doing 
both hers and Kimmy's, because we know that Kimmy, mm -mm, she doesn't put effort into her schooling. We know that. So, yeah, DJ's like, hey, Kimmy, you want to stay for dinner? And Kimmy says, well, that depends. What are you having? And DJ says, well, I mean, Joey's cooking, so I'm not really sure. And by cooking, we mean what? drive through Because we know, we know, for eight seasons, Joey's never improved as a cook. Even it went, oh my gosh, those flounder tops. I'm just, ugh. we'll get to that one in the Under the Influence episode next month in April. That is the most barfarific. If anyone ever created anything even close to those, it's just a Pop-Tart with fish in it. No, thank you. So yeah, this, this yellow here, now we got a close-up on Kimmy's sweater here. It's got... Like, they're like diamonds, and then I don't know what those red things with the little green and yellow, I don't know. And then she's got underneath this sweater, it's like someone decided to go full yellow. And she's got a white and yellow pinstripe shirt underneath. You can only see the collar, but they went full yellow. Kimmy's got... I, that's the thing I've always kind of noticed about not just Andrea Barber, but also when Michelle was, like, young, young, like she is in season one where she's, like, maybe a year and a half old, their hair borders more on, like, a reddish, like, almost like a strawberry blonde color than blonde. And it just seems like as they get old, both of, you know, Kimmy and Michelle, as they're, you know, they get older, the actresses. Their hair balances out where it's more of a blonde than a strawberry red. And it's just, the yellow is just, it, it really, it makes her, her, Kimmy's skin look, or her skin look really kind of washed out. I mean, she's not pale by any means. She is a, you know, a fair-skinned girl, but it just, the yellow does not complement her skin tone. And I normally don't talk about skin tones. But it's just, it's not, it, I don't know. So, yeah. Apparently she has a dog named Sinbad. Like, oh, if my dog Sinbad is hungry, I'll send him over. What kind of dog do you think Sinbad is? Because we never learn. Now, when I think Sinbad, I think, of course, Sinbad from House Guest, First Kid. I, I, I'm going to go on record here and say... I've seen bits and pieces of Jingle All the Way. I am not a fan of that movie. I don't know why. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I do enjoy Nostalgia Critics Jingle All the Way <laughs> review. That, that uh, to me, is a good one. Of course, that one is not for ears of all ages and eyes for all ages either. So, mainly in the language department. I was just thinking about this. Remember how in Homer Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco? Oopsie, I don't want to have this over. Okay, so, yeah. The dog who plays Riley. <laughs> the dog who plays Riley. That voice actor who does a voice for Riley is Sinbad. So in my head, even though that movie took place years, years at least nine years after this episode took place, I just, in my head, that Sinbad, I'm thinking of the dog, you know, Riley from Homeward Bound 2, when I'm thinking Sinbad. Here comes Staff down the stairs. 
She says, oh, don't do that. I love Sinbad. So, yes, don't torture your dog with Joey's poor attempts at cooking. Because if it's not fit for human consumption, it definitely is not fit for animal consumption. I mean, if the kids aren't going to eat it, what's the chance a dog's going to eat it? So, like any big sister annoyed with the little sister following her and her friend, DJ is like, Stephanie, why are you following us? My older sister got stuck watching me all the time, babysitting me when she wanted to hang out with her friends. I get it. I get it. I could have been, I was the annoying little sister too. I was a needy little sister, honestly. Well, I, <laughs> Stephanie's answer is so honest. When DJ asks, Stephanie, why do you keep following us? And Stephanie says, because you keep leaving me. Well, honest, honest, honest Stephanie. You can't get more honest than that answer right there. <laughs> Dang, Deej, you are hard, sweetie. She says, Steph, I know you're only five and you have no life of your own. Ouch. But Kimmy and I are talking woman to woman. Again, Steph in her honesty, as she says, I'm a woman. I'm a little woman, but I'm a woman. You got that right. You are a woman. So I love how DJ placates Stephanie. Like, Steph, look, when Kimmy leaves, since she lives directly next door, you and I can have a nice sister-to-sister -sister talk. Unless I get a phone call. Of course, yes. Oh, wait a minute. She doesn't have a phone in her room, though, yet. That won't happen for... Well, wait a minute. No, she eventually, yeah, does have a phone in her room. But it's not her own phone line. That doesn't happen until, until season three. Stephanie puts a hand on DJ's shoulder. <laughs> she barely had to stand on her tippy toes to do that. But she says, you're so good to me. <laughs> so, Kenny, you want to stick for dinner? Maybe. What are you having? Like Joey's cooking, so I'm not really sure. It's something in an earth tone. Oh, boy. <laughs> upstairs waiting for DJ to have that wonderful sister-to-sister -sister talk. She stops because she hears a noise in the basement, which, why would you go back into, because DJ's there. I would have hightailed it up those steps as fast as I could go. I, I mean, it just seems like basements in general, no matter what age you are, whether you're a child, a teenager, or an adult, I'm kind of sp spooky, even when there's a light on down there. So you want to get go doing whatever, whether it's laundry, whether you got to put something in your freezer, and just get back upstairs as fast as you can. Now, I don't know what a fair, I did look up on YouTube just to hear, you know, ferret sounds, and it sounds nothing like this. However, 
this sound, whoever the, uh, the sound guy, whoever they are, Foley artist, however, whatever, this is the most adorable animal sound I have ever heard in my life. But, oh, I am so sorry. Um, but I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that in my life. But now that I think about it, it almost sounds like outdoor nighttime animal noises. She runs over to DJ and Kimmy, who's leaving, and asks, Did you guys hear that noise? It sounded like a monster. So DJ, instead of comforting her little sisters like Steph, you're always making up monster noises. Like, come on, DJ, you can't deny that you didn't hear that also. It's almost like DJ feels like she has to, in, in front of Kimmy, like, be the bossy big sister. Like, ugh, no, I'm not going to admit I heard that. And DJ tells her, you know, there is nothing to worry about. But here comes Kimmy saying, although you do look like the kid in Poltergeist, which would have come out in 82, that movie also is turning 40 years old this year, along with E.T. <laughs> But yeah, by now I would think that it would be out on VHS. Yeah, she just... She, the way that Kimmy is, just she's so... But you do look like that kid. The one who got sucked in... That girl in Poltergeist. The one who got sucked up into the TV and said, They're back! A, she did not say that in Poltergeist. She said that in the sequel, Poltergeist 2, which is... I honestly think it is very, very creep, like creepier than the first one, a hundred percent. It is just, because she is talking to the TV at night. Her parents, her brother, her, you know, her older sister, they come down because she's talking into the TV. Then when her family comes down because they're all awoken by her, she turns her head and looks at him and says. They're here. So actually, no. Um, she and her older brother, you know, they're scared by the storm. They're sleeping in the bed with the parents. The TV, which is still on, static white noise. All of a sudden, there's voices coming from it, whispering to Carol Ann, the young girl. She goes over to it, and then all of a sudden, a ghostly hand shoots out, shoots like this stream of energy into the wall and stuff is knocking off the walls. The mom, the dad, the brother wake up and that's when Carol Ann, who's been sitting in front of the TV in the her parents' bedroom, turns and says, they're here. Yeah, this is the scene from Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, which came out four years later in 1986, that Kimmy is referring to. They're back. They're back. Yeah, and, and actually, no, the way that I said it, the way that Kimmy said it, they're back. Like, it's a, like, sing-songy, almost. It's, no, it's more of a terrified, they're back. Like, just freaked out. So, yeah, Poltergeist two would have come out a year before Full House started. So, Kimmy, get your Poltergeist movies. Get them straight.
Poltergeist movies straightened out. Okay, so for those of you that don't know what a ferret sounds like, here's what a ferret sounds like. It's almost, it's kind of like a little chittering sound, almost like, like a chipmunk or something like that. So now we are upstairs in the kitchen. Joey is attempting to make a dinner of sorts. And he's playing with, it's not a salt and pepper shaker. It's more like, it looks like one of those, it's like for like peppercorn, the thing that you like turn and it like kind of spills out. I, I, I can't think of what the term is for that thing. I know there's a name for it. So, Joey is kind of taking on this kind of Asian accent with his, his wording in it. Like, he's watched too many of those King Kong, you know, films from way back in the day. I can understand why now people would probably see this and most likely, you know, get offended. It just feels like there's a lot out there that people see that they tend to get easily offended by. Jesse comes in home from work from his exterminating job that he shares with his father and he and Joey together start doing it. I don't want to play the voice just because, I mean, I, I just want to be supportive of those others that would find it offensive. So Joey says, hey, Jesse, I'm not your answering service, but someone named Brianna called. No, he doesn't say it. This isn't, uh. This isn't Back to the Future. This isn't Marty's sister or brother. So yeah, someone named Brianna called for Jess. Just giving Jesse heads up, she'll meet him at 8 o'clock. So since Joey doesn't have any real social life of his own, he asks Jesse, like, hey, fill me in. Who's Brianna? I mean, I did take the call for you, so, I mean, you kind of owe me to kind of fill me in. So I guess she's a previous customer that he helped with termites so she wanted to thank Jesse and he says we came up with a few ideas if you will. Joey <laughs> so oh yeah so let me see here you went out wearing an outfit with a cockroach on your back it's a uniform women like women in uniform yes Anyone seen Officer and a Gentleman, Richard Gere? My goodness, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So he's like, yeah, and you came back with a date? Oh, hey, the woman was probably single. Jesse's not seeing anyone in. Seriously, we haven't met Becky yet. But Jesse turns around to face Joey. He's like, Joey, look, don't beat around the bush, all right? You want to borrow my jumpsuit? Just say so. I'll give it to you. I'll lend it to you. Jesse, some woman named Brianna calls. She said she'll meet you at 8 o'clock. Who's Brianna? Well, I terminated her termites, and uh, she wanted to thank me, so we came up with a few ideas, if you will. <laughs> you went out wearing a cockroach on your back, and you came back with a date? 
<laughs> John Stamos can barely get that line out towards the end. Joey, if you want to borrow my jumpsuit, just say so. It's like <laughs> John Stamos finds that line funny. <laughs> so DJ and Stephanie come upstairs. Stephanie runs over to Jesse since Jesse is a known pest exterminator. She says, Uncle Jesse, something horrible is in the house. And Jesse, who lifts whatever is liquid or whatever that is sauce that's in that pan, says, oh, yeah, you're telling me as he's inspecting, like, I don't know what this is, but, uh... oh, there's also a cookbook that says The Bread Book. <laughs> Jesse, grab Michelle, help me set the table. It's like Danny's going to come in here any second. Dinner's got to be on the table, ready to go. We got to be sitting down by the time he gets here. Or you know he is going to say something about it. Uncle Jesse, something horrible is in the house. You're telling me. <laughs> hey, Jess, grab Michelle. Help me set the table, would you? So Danny is so excited. He is bubbling, bursting at the seams with excitement. He runs, well, not runs, but he just leaps into the kitchen from the living room says, I've got great news, everybody, listen up. I've got great, amazing, incredible news. I am just so excited to share with you. So, Stephanie's scared. She grabs Danny's leg and says, Thank goodness you're home! And Danny looks down at her and says, I'm happy to see you too, sweetheart, but did you miss all of me or just my leg? Because she's just clutching his leg. Like, please take care of whatever's down in the basement. So I can sleep at night. So DJ fills in with what's going on with Steph. Stephanie thinks she heard a monster in the garage. Can you believe this? I mean, I, I don't think what she heard is a monster, clearly. it's There's something in the basement somewhere. Yeah. DJ says, yeah, but I mean, if you ask me, I think it's just a plea for attention. You know how Stephanie gets. I mean, she is a middle child, after all. Danny. Oh, he zeroes in on this fast. He says, DJ, stop watching Oprah and start doing your homework. So, this isn't the first monster that Stephanie has been coping with. As Danny says, so now you're hearing a garage monster instead of just that closet monster? And he does tell her, you know, Steph, we never really did find that closet monster. Doesn't mean it's not there. It's just hiding until you turn the lights out. Sorry, I didn't mean to spook any children listening. There's no such things as monsters. Not in the closets, not under the bed, not in the bathroom, not in the bathtub, not in your basement, not in your attic. Not in your refrigerator after you close the door. So Stephanie theorizes, you know, maybe because the closet monster moved into the garage. Yeah, an interesting theory. I could go with that. So since nobody's ears are ringing after Danny says, I have great big news because everyone's helping themselves to their dinner. So he goes over. It's like, oh, by the way, just in case you didn't hear, I'm just catching everybody up. I said I have very big news. Big, big news. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesse says, yeah, I also have great news. I met a girl today. And I'd be like, Jesse, you meet a girl every day. So this really isn't news. 
<laughs> Thank you, Joey. As he says, that's not news. That's sports. Sports. So, <laughs> DJ <laughs> sits down at the table. It's like, okay, let's give Dad a break here. Dad, what's your great, great news that you just need to unload on us? What's up? So, Danny lets everybody that cares about TV stations and news broadcasts and all that fun stuff know that TV stations in the city and San Fran are fighting each other for better ratings. Doesn't, isn't that a lot, like, even with, like, ABC, NBC, CBS, they're always, like, fighting each other with their shows, like, oh, you could watch this show, or you could watch this show. Or which network has the best television movie of the week on? Yeah, they're fighting tooth and nail for better ratings. And Stephanie says, oh, congratulations, Daddy. I love her yarn, but this time around, I love her yarn bows. I would go out on a limb saying they kind of match her jean skirt, but that would be going way out on a limb and falling off that limb to the ground. Saying that that's basically a stretch, but at least I like them better than the lime green ones she was wearing in the Knock Yourself Out episode. And he kind of looks at her like, honey, no, babe, that's that's not the great news. So anyway, my station, here's the news. My station is putting together a special promo, like a little commercial, about each of its newscasters. So it's basically like... You want to know more about the people that deliver the news to you? You want to see their home life? You want to see what their houses look like? You want to see what they're doing when they're not behind the desk of the news station? Well, here you go. An eye-opening peek at the private life of your favorite newscaster. Since apparently Family Man Danny Tanner doesn't sell... Apparently, uh, Ronnie, but I forgot her last name. We'll, we'll learn it in a moment here. We'll learn it in a bit when we meet Ronnie. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she wants to kind of spice it up a little bit. Like, give him an, an, an adopted daughter, make his daughter's child prodigies, playing musical instruments. With the hair and the in buns and the Van Tripp family vibe and all that stuff. Yes, they've picked Danny to be first. He's going to be the first up when they air the commercial. Followed by the other sportscasters. I don't see why they can't plant the family rule. Because that was big in the, in the late 80s. They're all about like, hey, let's get family shows. Full house. Family matters. Step by step. Boy meets world. Um, Well, wait a minute. No. Well, boy, I mean. I mean, it was a family show, but it's not so much centered on... It seemed to be targeted like Corey Matthews. And then also, you know, his family is side players. But then, I mean, Full House is about the Tanner family. Yes, each individual does get their own storyline and, and plots and whatnot. Same with Family Matters. Same with Step by Step. I'm trying to think of other family shows. Cosby Show was another one. Roseanne, just all these different, but I'm just trying to think more the line of like TGIF and stuff like that. I, 
absolutely, I, with the three, it would be Full House Family Matters step-by-step, step, where you're dealing with a, a group of, of, of family. Wow, Steph, could you be any more enthusiastic? She's, oh, wow, great, yeah. You fake that enthusiasm anymore? All right, all right, good. And you'd think they would be excited. Well, because he hasn't let them know that it's, not just about him, it's about the whole family. Like, if you get them, like, hey, they're coming to the house, they're gonna, you film all of us, we're all gonna be in this. Because, I mean, they're probably like, oh, great, yeah, you get to be on TV, like, we don't already see you on TV. Like, to them, it's like, if it's not including them, it's really, they're not enthused. Because Danny says, oh, I, I feel the energy. Yes. Oh, oh, I get it. He, he he wanted to wait and drop that ball, that positive spin. Oh, by the way, I think I forgot to mention, you're all going to be on TV with me. Yes. As long as, I mean, if you include them in it, that's something to be excited about. Yeah, we see you on TV every night when you do the sports and the news. I mean, <laughs> oh, there's that enthusiasm he was looking for. Yeah! You can't see it, but Michelle's excited, too. You can't see it on her face, but she's excited. So, yeah, he says, oh, I knew you'd be happy for me. Oh, by the way, they're coming to the house tomorrow to film our whole family. Yeah, Joey's got a salad in a salad bowl. I can't tell what that is. I don't know what's on their plates. It looks like it could be baked beans. I'm not sure. What is that, Joey? Tell us. Because the family, whatever that is that Joey made, the family is not digging it. It is, what is it, a weird concoction of multiple things? Like, people like barbecue. People like baked beans. Let's throw it in a pot together. I don't know what that white stuff is. Is that supposed to be rice in that pot? Mashed potatoes? I can't tell. It could be rice or mashed potatoes. Maybe it's both in one pot. Who knows? Joey does like to get creative with his creations. They're probably like, Joey, remind me never to put you in charge of dinner again. Thank you. And everyone, even Michelle, who's eating baby food, is just like, ah, oh, oh. Jesse says, hey, should we send off for pizza or Chinese? So... <laughs> Pizza. Oh, you can't go wrong with pizza. Speaking of pizza, I made a bunch of pizzas today. A so many pizzas. So many pizzas for eight hours. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Are you serious, Joey? No, it's not. It's not pizza. Is it really? No, it can't be. What is it? Pizza chili? Pizza-flavored baked beans? Maybe it's like a pizza-flavored hamburger helper thing. I don't know. It's just, that is not pizza, like, as we know what pizza is. That is some weird concoction of, like, pizza sauce, probably, with baked beans. I don't know. Oh, God, that sounds just good. That's just gross. I got great news. Thank goodness you're home. I missed you too, honey. Did you miss all of me or just my leg? Stephanie thinks she heard a monster in the garage, but if you ask me, it's just a desperate plea for attention. The 
DJ, stop watching Oprah and start doing your homework. So, now you're hearing a garage monster instead of just that closet monster. Which, by the way, honey, we never really found. Maybe because a closet monster moved into the garage. Or you're just not looking hard enough, Danny. Uh, just to catch everybody up, uh, I walked in here saying, hey, great news, great news. Oh, I got great news. I met a girl today. That's not news, that's sports. Like, you meet a girl every day, Jesse. Switch are great news, great news. Okay, thank you. As you all know, all the TV stations in this city are fighting each other tooth and nail for better ratings. Yeah, I don't know that. Congratulations, Daddy. <laughs> Steph, honey, that's not the great news. Anyway, my station is putting together a special promo, kind of like a little commercial, about each of its newscasters. And here comes the great news, Steph. They picked your father to be first. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> I feel the energy. Yeah, but they don't care because oh, the they don't have to do with them. You're all going to be on TV with me. Yeah. There we go. That's what they want to hear. Oh, I knew you'd be happy for me. <laughs> so they're coming to the house tomorrow to film our whole family. Right, I like yeah. that. All right, everybody chow down. Yeah, they're... Ugh. <laughs> Should we send out the pizza or Chinese? Pizza. It is pizza. Bro, Joey, come on now. You can do better than that. So it's later that night. We're in DJ and Stephanie's room, and I apparently this monster slash. Later, parrot. The noise can be heard from the basement, past the kitchen, all the way up to the girls' bedroom. So if that's the case, how is Danny not hearing it? Because he's on the same side of the hallway as the girls. So maybe it just depends on where the ferret is positioned in the walls or wherever the heat, the the vents. I don't know. Oh. So, yeah, the noise doesn't just wake up Stephanie. It wakes up DJ first. And, of course, Stephanie has to do that. They're back. Oh, come on, DJ, really? You were denying it at first, but now you can't deny that you heard it. So she's going to just throw the blame on Stephanie. Steph, did you make that noise? Noise? Why am I making noise? Honest question from Stephanie. Why would I make a noise that's scaring me to death? <laughs> really? I mean, like, you, you think I'm doing this to myself? I'm not. So, DJ's a nice big sister in this moment. As Stephanie asks, hey, can I sleep with you in your bed? And DJ's like, all right, come on. So, Stephanie pulls back the covers and asks DJ, so does this mean that you believe me about the monster? And DJ tells her, I'm not saying yes, and I'm not saying no. I'm just saying get over here. Uh, the thing that you're when you're a kid and you're sitting in your dark bedroom that you think about. Because, yeah, Stephanie wants to get out of her bed, but she like, what if he's waiting under my bed to eat my feet? Sweetie, I can assure you he's he or she, whichever gender the monster is or however safely in the basement it'll be fine but try explaining that to a five-year-old 
I like this. This is creative. There's really nothing in Stephanie's toy box or whatever's in there is very light because she scrambles from her bed onto the toy box, has a blue jump rope, tosses one into DJ, and DJ bring is able to bring Stephanie along with the toy box. That's a nice wooden toy box, I'll say that. Brings her over to the bed far enough that DJ, uh, Stephanie can crawl onto DJ's bed. I love how DJ is pulling on the jump rope and Stephanie's saying, faster, faster, faster. And Stephanie snuggles in next to DJ. DJ tells Steph, Steph, you forgot to turn the light out on your side. Like, well, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Just close your eyes. Turn your back to the light. It'll be fine. You'll fall right asleep. They hear the noise again. And Stephanie says, forgive the light, run for your life, and they run out of the room screaming. They're back. run out into the hallway yelling, help, monster, monster. I'm not sure where Danny was coming from, either the bathroom or from the living room, because he's upstairs, he's holding the book. Every, you know, and Jesse's sleeping, of course, where's Joey? You know, he's in the alcove, so it's not like he can't rush up there. But yeah, Danny and Jesse are like, oh, what's going on, girls? What's up? Snuffy says, we got the monster trapped in our room. And DJ goes over to Jesse and says, go get it, Uncle Jesse. You're a creepy crawly killer. Creepy crawler killer. Ugh. Jesse's trying to rub his eyes awake. Like, ugh, I'm a pest control specialist. Thank you. Like, whatever. Just go kill it. Yeah, DJ says, go kill it. And Danny, like, unless there's something creepy and crawly in there, like, Jesse, just please take care of it. Danny opens the girl's bedroom door. Like, Jesse, just go kill it, okay? And Jesse turns to them and says, you know, in every movie, the hero is always a soldier, a cop, a private eye. A soldier, a cop, a private eye. Never once. Never once, never once have they made a movie about the real American hero. The Exterminator, yeah. And three, DJ, Stephanie, and Danny say, Pest Control Specialist. Jesse pokes his head out of the their doorway and says, Coming soon to a theater near you. So Stephanie asks Danny if he will sleep, if she could sleep in his bed tonight. And Danny says, Oh honey, you don't want to sleep in my bed, do you? And Stephanie said, 
I guess not. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think that Danny's gonna. Ugh, I don't know how that's gonna work because DJ's just got a single bed and it's barely big enough for two kids, let alone two kids and a full-grown adult. Stephanie and DJ are tucked under his arms. He's assuring them Uncle Jesse checked your room. He did say it is monster free. So I'm only staying here until you fall asleep. So he tells the girls just to get some sleep. You need your sleep because tomorrow a nice lady is going to come to the house. And she's going to make a little movie about our family. And Danny tells them. And girls, there is no such things as monsters. Why do I feel like I'm watching? That was the same line said multiple times in the movie Cujo, which I did review for October on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. The girls, I think, are asleep. He says the closest thing in real life to monsters are linebackers. I know that's a football term. I have no idea what linebackers do what linebackers do. Something. They do something in football. The girls are asleep, or at least they're trying to. Like, Dad, please be quiet. We're trying to sleep. We're doing Because <laughs> he says linebackers are kind of like monsters, and they make more money. Uh-huh. Get it, girls? More money? Please, Danny. Stop. They're sleeping, Danny. Let them sleep. So, Danny tries to get out of the bed... And it's just crazy because he could have gone out on this. Oh, DJ does have that lip phone already in season one. All right. I thought she didn't get that until season two. Anyway, yeah, he could have just easily went out of the bed on the other side. But, of course, for comedic purposes, he's trying to, like, lift his long leg over DJ's head and when he does that she proceeds to put her head on his knee and because these kids are asleep and Stephanie's behind him so he's kind of stuck like well I can't I don't want to wake them but I can't get out of his bed and I'm not going to sleep sitting up so Danny pulls DJ's little computer chair so he can set his foot down, and he's able to lean sideways and lay his head on like a stuffed frog or something as he says, 
Ah, the joys of fatherhood. Jesse says your room is monster free. So I'm only staying here until you two fall asleep. And you two really need your sleep because tomorrow a nice lady is coming here and she's going to make a little movie about our family. And girls, there are no such things as monsters. The closest thing in real life are linebackers. <laughs> They're much bigger than monsters and they make a lot more money. <laughs> Get it, girls? More money? <laughs> girls? Good night. joys of fatherhood. Alright, so it's the next day, the next morning. They have Jesse and Joey have Michelle in a cute little blue little sundress thing going on. Well, maybe not a sun. Anyway. They're trying to figure out what to do with their hair. Like, it's your big TV day debut, Michelle. We gotta do something with your hair. Joey suggests giving her a like a Marilyn Monroe kind of look, kind of the bang sweeping to the left, kind of like a side part thing, like eh. curls framing the face. See, this is <laughs> oh, I swear. The fact that it's just Michelle, you know, being a baby, she can't do her own hair or anything, so she's relying on guys that, I mean, Jesse pretty much. Just mooses his, his hair and kind of styles it as you would for a guy. But at, at least Stephanie has DJ to help her out when it comes to doing something with her hair. Like whether to put it up in a ponytail or however. You know, DJ at least has, you know, Stephanie has DJ to help her with her hair. Because there, there's no way that Jesse, Joey, or Danny are helping the girls with their hair. I don't know who Brigitte Nielsen is, but uh, Jesse is suggesting to kind of like uh, pull my hair, Michelle's, you know, her bangs kind of back, like uh, Madonna, Brigitte Nielsen kind of thing. Like, ugh. no, just come on, she's fine. Just comb her hair. I'm sure it'll run, run, brush through, comb through, whatever. I mean, it's not like she's got a full head of hair. I mean, she kind of does, but. Yeah, because Jesse pulled Michelle's bangs back from her head. <laughs> and it's kind of holding both of his hands to keep it, you know, her bangs on her head. And Joey says, that's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and baby Michelle's kind of giggling at this. <laughs> oh, Joey wants to go full cartoon. Hey, let's give her a Pebbles Flintstone kind of look. And he starts kind of pulling her hair up, which you can see the discomfort on this baby's face. She is not having it. So, yeah, as Joey's kind of pulling Michelle's, the top of her hair, you know, upward, Jesse says, that's Don King. Like, okay, guys, come on, just brush your hair how she normally looks. She'll be fine. You don't got to do any special fancy do. 
So yeah, the guys decide to just put a bow on Michelle's hair. They start kind of pulling more of her hair up to put it in a bow. You, oh, I just, I feel bad for the baby. Because she's putting her hands up like, it's like, you're hurting me, please don't. Because yeah, just the expression on her face is just, oh, she's just like, oh, don't, you're hurting me. And it just makes me think about, you know, seeing the, the young, you know, like one and under babies, you know, that have hair that there's just enough to try to put it into some form of a, like a little ponytail or a little pebbles do on top of the head. And I'm just thinking how much the baby just, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know what a Weebok is. Is it a, <laughs> Like a little baby Reebok shoe. Because Jesse, you know, they got the changing table in the bathroom. And she's got like the little Glenn shoes, which maybe are the more fancier type. Joey suggests one of each. Uh, so Joey, meanwhile, had been tying the bow in Michelle's hair with Jesse's finger attached, which is now stuck. <laughs> Whoever is off screen, whether it's the baby, it could even be the, one of the Olsen twins' mom on the side. Because this the smile that she has. Like, no, somebody is just making this little baby smile. Like, it's better than her looking uncomfortable. Like, yeah, you're hurting my hair. But it's not like Joey couldn't, or Joey, Jesse couldn't pull his finger out of that little bow. Like, they just said, no, forget the bow, forget the bow. And then all of a sudden, now the guys are hearing the noise from the basement. Which, yes, it's not a ferret. I already played what a ferret sounded like from a YouTube video. But it just sounds like a sad and scared little animal. Like, hey, I'm stuck here in the walls. Help me out. I'm stuck in the air vents. Jesse said, hey, do you hear that noise? And Joey's like, the girls were right. It's the monster. And Jesse says, it's not a monster. But being that Jesse is a quote-unquote pest control specialist, however you want to call it, exterminator, he knows what that sound is. So Jesse is like, quiet, I need to hear where it's coming from. So he goes over to the vent in the wall in the bathroom. And he says, aha. And he says, it's a North American silver-footed ferret, adult male, two and a half pounds. Like, wow, just, wow, he, he is good. Jesse can hear the ferret echoing, so it's like, okay, say from the echo, he's heading towards the garage. Yeah, he's probably trying to get out of there so I can get out of the, the walls or the vent or wherever this poor animal is stuck. And Joey is just amazed, like, how can you possibly know this? And Jesse tells him, it's a gift. So Jesse, of course, threatens this poor ferret, yelling into the heating vent. All right, pal, this is your last warning. Get out now or be another notch on my spray gun. Jesse, it's a poor ferret. Ferret was probably running from something. The garage door just happened to be open. Probably was running from a dog or, a, you know, another animal of prey or predator or whatever. And found safety in the garage. But now the poor baby is stuck. 
So Jesse runs out to try to catch the ferret. Joey apologizes to Michelle. Michelle, I'm sorry you had to see them. Oh my goodness. He sets her back down on the changing table, says, Michelle, this is you. Look at your reflection. You look gorgeous, babe. And she's smiling. Oh, maybe that's one of the few times she's actually seen a ref her own reflection. Like, hey, that's me. Or another baby. Staring back at me. And Joey says, okay, now that'll be $84. Come on. Okay, Michelle, this is your big TV debut. Let's give you that Marilyn Monroe look. Kind of, yeah, bang, sweeping the glass, kind of the curls framing the face, huh? Could be a crime to cover that creepy face. See, I say, pull it back, give her a more sophisticated kind of look. More the Madonna forget Nielsen kind of thing. Like this, see? Look. That's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Why don't we give her kind of a uh, Pebbles Flintstone kind of a, uh, a bun do? <laughs> That's Don King. Give <laughs> just a bun. Idea. Simple yet a scream style. I'll hold it up like this. Okay. Finger. Okay, tight first. Alright, good. There you go. Finger. Alright, now should we get her wee box or her little glands? Which one? The wee box. The baby rebot. Those shoes look identical. Nah, she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, that smile. Yeah, I think I did. That's what I thought. <laughs> Baby yo-yo. <laughs> Take it off. Alrighty. You hear that noise? Well, the girls were right. It's the monster. Shh. The monster. I have to hear what's coming from the quiet. Ah! North American silver-footed ferret, adult male, two and a half pounds. Let's say from the echo, he's heading towards the garage. How can you possibly know this? It's a gift. Alright, come on out, pal. It's your last warning. Get out now or be another notch on my spray gun. Yeah, see, it's a fair. Come on. Michelle, I'm sorry you had to see that. But this hairdo, now this, it's beautiful. It is you. Look at it, huh? <laughs> So the doorbell rings, Jesse's heading down the stairs as Stephanie and DJ are coming out from the laundry room into the living room. Like, alright, who's at the door? You know, it's not Danny because he would never ring the doorbell of his own home. <laughs> so yeah, DJ and Stephanie are ready to go as far as, you know, how they feel like, hey, that's the TV lady, do we look alright, Uncle Jesse? Jesse, of course, is distracted because... Gotta get that ferret that's in the basement. So, Jesse says, you girls, you look beautiful. I'm hot on the trail of the monster you were talking about, so. <laughs> and somebody says, nail him, Uncle Jesse! So, yeah, the girls do look nice. You know, their hair is nice and brushed. They both have uh, headbands in their hair matching their, sh their shirts. So, DJ opens the door, and there's Ronnie Gardner. And DJ, first question out of her mouth, are you the lady who's going to put us on TV? And Ronnie is just 
bubbling with personality here. She says, yes, I am because you are so adorable. This lady is full of such fake politeness. It is just unnerving. Because she says, oh, let me see you smile. Oh, just wonderful. And she's basically taking off her coat, trying to find a place to put it somewhere. Like, you just throw it in the playpen. Michelle's not in there, so it'll be fine. Drapes it on the playpen, DJ does. Good for her. May as well. We don't have a coat rack here. We don't believe in coat racks. So, oh, she says, adorable. And you take direction, too. And she introduces herself, says, my name's Ronnie. That's short for Veronica. And, of course, DJ says, well, I'm DJ. That's short for Donna Joe." And Stephanie says, I'm Stephanie. I'm, I'm just short. <laughs> so, Ron, the way she asks is like, girls, do you know where your daddy is? Oh, my gosh, would that drive me nuts. Like, well, no, I don't know where my daddy is, but I know where my dad is. I know where my father is. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> and DJ catches on to this behavior Ronnie's real fast. She says, Daddy has been delayed in editing because the satellite downlink malfunctioned due to freakish barometric conditions. Ugh, Ronnie, why are you talking about yourself in third person? She says, Ronnie feels like such a dodo head. Well, yeah. Do you ever, when you meet someone, you just get a vibe like you immediately just are not about what they're selling? Just, it's like, it's in the personality. It's just like, uh, you immediately just like, uh, I'm not jiving with this person. Like right, like, right away, you can just get that. I don't know whether it's called patronizing or what it is, but it's just, what is this? It just, it feels like she's talking down to them like they're younger than what they are. This DJ's like, oh, you want to play this game? I can do this too. Even DJ just turns and rolls her eyes like, this lady. Oh, yeah, Ronnie is like, like, oh, okay, this is your home. Wow. Nice color, workable colors. Nice angle. She's got her, her hands up kind of she's like doing like framing and both. DJ and Stephanie are kind of mimicking what she's doing. And this is, I'm just trying to think at, at what point, because we still on the other side of the coffee table, which we don't see because that's the side that the camera is shooting from, is that other love seat couch. And she, Ronnie's saying, oh, I'm seeing some shots. And then she turns, faces the girls and sees that they also have their hands up kind of framing. And she asks him, what are you doing? And DJ says, oh, we thought you knew. <laughs> you nut. Yeah, DJ, DJ, yeah, oh, yeah. She's not about to <laughs> take this like, hey, I'm a, I'm, I may be 11 years old, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be talked down to.
subscription to. My name's Bonnie. That's short for Veronica. I'm DJ. That's short for Donna Jo. I'm Stephanie. I'm just short. <laughs> Girls, do you know where your daddy is? Daddy has been delayed in editing because the satellite downlink malfunction due to freakish barometric conditions. I don't know what any of that means. Ronnie feels like such a dodo. Really? Why don't you call before you were going to come Colors are workable. Nice angles. Yes, I'm seeing some shots. What are we doing? We thought you knew. <laughs> Okay, so now we're back down in the basement. Jesse is in the basement. He's looking for the ferret. We see Michelle's bassinet and little baby mattress and looks like an old crib that eventually baby Michelle transitioned into after the bassinet. So, yeah, just all this baby stuff I guess they're just not using for her at the moment. They even get a little little uh, motorized swing thing that swings back and forth. You know, those things. Yeah. Which, my guess is she probably outgrew that. <laughs> yeah. And Joey comes down because he probably thinks Jesse, is, when he finds a ferret, is going to kill the poor thing. And I was like, no, please don't do that. I don't believe that you need to kill this poor ferret. So Jesse puts a catcher's mitt on his hand. What are you going to do with a catcher's mitt? Because Joey asks him, who are you trying to catch? Phil Necro? Which I guess is a baseball player. Since Jesse left his tools in his vehicle, he says, I gotta improvise, alright? I gotta think like a ferret. And Joey puts his, his hands up like, oh, like this? Wait. When's the last time one of them saw a ferret and knew what they sounded like? I mean, I only knew based on, because I was looking at YouTube videos. I didn't have that back in 1987. I don't even know if in pet stores, maybe they sold ferrets. I just, I thought at one point early on, maybe even back in the 90s, were ferrets illegal in some states? I just think, honestly, that maybe this ferret is somebody's pet that just got out somehow. Yeah, so Jesse just has to ask, Joey, when you were a kid, did you uh, ever fall out of a treehouse? Of course, none to our surprise. Joey says, yeah. Well, that explains that, at least. So Jesse thinks he's got the ferret. He's got him trapped. He's got him cornered. And Joey's like, well, what are you going to do? And Jesse says, well, think of it this way. I'm moving Senor Ferret one step up into a spiritual enlightenment. Like, he's going to end this poor, poor, poor baby's life. And Joey asks, well, what's the next step up for a ferret? And jo uh, Jesse tells Joey, somewhere between rat and lawyer. Can you give me the net, please? And Joey says, hey, look, if you're going after a lawyer, I'd be, I would be right there next to you helping you out. But, I mean, we are talking about one of God's innocent little creatures. So Joey opens the garage. Go, ferret, run, run, run for your life. And then Jesse grabs the net and Joey grabs Jesse from behind and starts singing the Born Free song. This supposed ferret moved fast. Because Jesse thought he had him for a second. But like, no, right, went right through the crack in the wall, up the wall, right into the crawl space. Oh, boy. 
So Jesse climbs into the crawl's face, tries to go after the ferret. The ferret dodges him, gets away. Joey's happy, like, thank goodness. And Joey moves the ladder so that way Jesse can't get down from the crawl's face. I mean, that's at least probably, what, an eight-foot drop? Yeah. It's not like Jesse can reposition himself to land on his feet. So, Joey says, I'll give you the ladder only if this. If you capture the ferret, you'll let him go. You'll promise to let him go in a safe and pleasant environment. And Jesse says, fine. All right, I'll capture him. I'll buy him a little ferret condo. Fix him up with a hot little mink and send him to Club Med for the winter. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Jesse down. The girls bring Ronnie down to the basement saying, oh, these guys here take care of us. Because Jesse is positioned upside down. He's got his hands on Joey's shoulders and Joey's trying to get got his hands on Jesse's elbows. And Ronnie's like, this is Danny Tanner's family. I am in trouble. What? Why? Why? Do you just want to make a, a, a promo about a typical family that, you know, the girls don't have a mom. They didn't get that choice. They lost their mother. So, 
you got an uncle and a best friend coming in to help raise these girls. Yes, is it outside of the norm for the 80s? Is it outside of the typical American traditional family? Sure. But that's what's great about it, because families come in all, you know, shapes and, and sizes and people. You don't have to be blood to be family. Mr. Feeney said that to Sean Hunter on Boy Meets World, and he is very right with that. This clearly did not read anything up on Danny. Probably doesn't even know that he's a widower. Probably doesn't even know. I mean, she really should have sat down with Danny to get kind of a background of, you know, his up-to-date on his, his life, his family life, so she knows to portray Danny in the best, most honest way possible. I don't, I just, I don't like her. She is just so false. She's so fake. So, looks like Joey has been told to take his little solar system dealie down in his little alcove room. That's when Danny comes in as Ronnie is saying, alright people, we are almost ready. And, well, Danny knew it was going to be that day that the lady was coming over, but didn't say when, didn't give her a time like, hey, I'm not going to be out of work till this time. Please don't show up before me. Thank you. He is just rush, rush, rush. He's like, hi, I'm Danny Tanner. You must be Miss Gardner. She goes, great, you're here. Let's go. Like, just, oof. Danny has the same that like, nice me meeting you. He brings his planet Jupiter hanging solar system thing over and just dude, Danny has some Joey where are you going with Jupiter Ronnie suggested that Joey move out or at least for the promo excuse me you don't get to make that call that's who the station hired there's gonna be a lot of creative differences here I can see that already she remaking every newscaster's image or just Danny's? Just the ones that she doesn't think that are up to snuff for television. I don't want to show anything outside of the normal family. Hence, mom, dad, 2.5 kids, and a dog. Ugh. And Danny's confused. He has, well, why would Ronnie suggest that? And Joey puts a hand up and says, no, no, Danny, it's okay. It's no problem. Like... Uh, it's a problem. You live here. You are part of this family. You're not going anywhere. Ronnie, I need to speak to you. What's going on? <laughs> it's like he's trying to guilt Ronnie as he says, it's no problem. A successful comedian like myself doesn't need exposure on TV. And he turns to Ronnie and says, working in parks and train, station is, train stations is my rocket to stardom. And Danny directs this question at Ronnie and asks, well, Ronnie, don't you think Joey's important? And she says, she has important? Why, he's essential. Let me guess, he ends up holding the cue cards? Doesn't she have a person for that? I mean, a crew with cameras and the makeup deal and all that stuff that comes with, you know, pe putting people on TV, you know, stuff like that. Or is she just working by herself? Everyone, she had a crew, but then they quit on her because they couldn't stand her. Understandable. He's going to be holding the cue cards. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> yeah, Joey is just as patronized. He says, oh, no, thank you, Ronnie. You've given my life new meaning. 
Yeah, she does have a crew there. There's a couple guys that are getting, like, cameras and sound equipment ready. So, she tells Danny, look, so many of your typical sportscasters, their typical macho, two-fisted, iron-pumping ex-jocks. Really? I didn't know that sportscasting was just kind of... I mean, oh, clearly, if you want to be a sportscaster, you must at least have played a sport in school or know of sports. Track's a sport? You played track, didn't he? That's a sport. And Danny says, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, she is going to set Danny apart from the crowd. Like, you are going to be in a different... Yeah, she says she's going to sell his family, your family, with class, style, and sophistication. No! Why don't you just be honest and let him portray his family as is? A blended family. With, an, with three girls, a single father, an uncle, and a best friend. So, yeah, she's pretty much blindsiding him here with this. It just feels like... Well, we're going to do this one rehearsal, and if you have any, you know what, you won't have any problems, just trust me. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say, trust me, I got that, don't worry, I'm taking care of you. It's going to be just fine, just read the cue cards as Joey is showing them to you. Who is this lady? Joey, where are you going with Jupiter? Ronnie suggested that I move out. Well, that's not up to her. Suggest that. No, no, Danny, it's okay. It's no problem. A successful comedian like myself doesn't need exposure on TV. Working in parks and train stations is my rocket to start. Ronnie, don't you think Joey is important? Important? Why, he's essential. He is going to be holding the cue cards. Thank you, Joey. Oh, no, thank you, Ronnie. You've given my life new meaning. <laughs> you know, Danny, so many sportscasters are your typical macho, two-fisted, iron-pumping ex-jocks. Really? Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Well, Danny Tanner, I am going to set you apart from the crowd. I'm going to sell your family with class, style, sophistication. That's me, too. There are so many ways. <laughs> We're just going to do this one rehearsal if you have any problems. Well, you won't. Outside, don't come back in until I say action. Okay, everybody over here. Come on, let's go. Come on, all right? So, yeah, she gets the sound guys, cram guys, whatever you want to call them. Tells Danny, go outside. Do not come in until I say action. So she, all right, everyone ready? Great. Action. And Danny comes in reading the cue cards. And he says, ciao, family. What? What? Ciao? Really? He says in Spanish, see, si, see. Si. Yeah, I'm looking at the cue card here that Danny is holding under Danny. Ciao, family. It looks like some stuff has been, like, cut out. And then it says girls entrance. So the girls come in. Danny says, good morning, Donna Joe, And a good day to you, little Stefan. What in the world? That is... You're not portraying him in even a remotely realistic light. Uh, it's, it's, it's just doesn't make any sense. 
So you're expecting me to believe someone I'm watching every day for the news. I mean, we don't know our newscasters' personal lives, private lives, whatever. We don't know that. At least not in 87, even. But there's no way in the world that you wouldn't get me to even think, like, oh, this guy has an... His home, it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. They don't go together. So, Jesse, Jesse, oh my god, I'm sorry guys. So, Danny just kind of goes with, like, oh, okay, so this is the Italian, Italian me. Ciao, familia. <laughs> so, Ronnie has Danny sit, and she says, cue Da Vinci. And Danny has Da Vinci. This if this is a poodle, which it looks like it, it looks like this dog needs a haircut. Because I don't think I've ever seen a poodle like this fluffy. I know, there's like that, what's that cup that's got little pom-poms on the butt, and it's kind of like, the dog's fur looks like, it's kind of shaved, like it's got like, like the middle rounded section, it's got a shaved section, and then the little like, uh, little puff balls on the butt hind, and then the, um, yeah, just kind of an elegant look that you, like, when you see a poodle in the movie, like, that's a poodle. This dog here looks like it would resemble, like, a golden doodle or a labradoodle in today's, just how fluffy this dog is. Well, and I am talking about the standard tall poodle, not the little baby toy poodle, but the, the standard biggin. And Danny, you know, because this is season one, we haven't established that Danny, you know, his OCD-ish tendencies with, when it comes to cleaning and all that stuff, because this dog is just on his lap, on the couch, and it's just like, dog, what you doing here? Who are you? Who let you in here? <laughs> Danny asks, why is there a four-legged marshmallow on my lap? This dog is just smiling, just having a good old time. Like, I don't get to be on the furniture in my house, but I can here. This is fun. Look at that tail just wagging, wagging. And Joey says, Danny, this is no frou-frou poodle. This is a man's poodle. Because <laughs> Joey's holding the cue cards where it says, Danny, chow family. Then it says, cue dog. So, who got the cue? This is, and it says one in the upper left corner so this is like the first card but the one that joey was holding before said you know enter the you know the girls come come out into the living room to greet the father and all that this is a poodle on steroids according to joey not real steroids but figure of speech now listen to that bark woof woof you'll hear it in the clip <laughs> so now ronnie's like okay get the dog out bring the girls in rush 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 you know, the, these promos, I don't think they're supposed to be really that long, right? I mean, because you're just going to feel like, or is this just like a documentary type um, set of clips? Like, okay, we've introduced you to this person's family, now we're going to move on to a sportscaster, Danny Tanner. Da Vinci's a wrap. Get the dog out. Out, out, out. The dog runs to the front of the screen because clearly it's running off the set of the show. Here come Stephanie and DJ dressed in black skirts, white blouses, 
with white pearls. Both are holding, I think DJ's holding a violin. Stephanie's holding a cello, which is almost as tall as she is. That's it, honestly, white is not a color on a person, a shirt that you want to wear. Come on, girl, we all know. Come on, we grew up with this. Wearing a white shirt that's gonna show your bra, like, it's, you may as well be wearing a see-through shirt. Because, yeah, yeah, here comes DJ. I'm like, you can, what? I get it, you want to make her all fancy, like she's going to be, you know, doing a, like she's going to be performing in, in a, in a classical concert or something like that. But Danny continues with, you know, the, the big cue cards. Like, oh, good day, John, Don and Joe. And a good day to you, little, too, little Stephanie. It's, like, he's just stumbling. It's just, you wouldn't be able to put this out there. It's choppy. It's, they're not real. Danny doesn't even, he's just going with the flow. What, is she going to have to edit all this stuff down? And just like, oh, we're going to have to do reshoots or something. That wasn't good. We're going to have to do that takeover again. Oh, and yeah, they talk with this very overly polite accent. Like, oh, how excellent to see you, Father. We miss you, Papa. And Danny turns to Ronnie as like, I'm, I'm confused. Are we, are we French or are we Italian? What's, what's going on here? Or Roqueford, whatever that is. So, Ronnie says, okay, girls, you're going to sit down. Cue the housekeeper. And Danny, for, I have a housekeeper? I'm like, is it Mr. Belvedere? No, it's not Mr. Belvedere. He, oh, my goodness. You could have brought Mr. Belvedere in. They Both shows are on ABC. That would have been cool. Okay, so let me start off by saying... DJ's the one that has her hair pulled back in a bun type of... We got Carolyn Ingalls here from Little House on the Prairie going on here with her hair. Not to say there's anything wrong with that, of course. Stephanie's hair... I, I just... I love how it's pulled up like it's a ponytail, but it's like multiples with long... Uh, like, they took, like, a curly wand or whatever and kind of went down with it. it. Just It's really cute. Honestly, I, I, I like how they did Stephanie's hair over uh, DJ's. So, yes, here comes Jesse holding a silver tray platter with a tea set. He's wearing his gray T-shirt, his black vest, but then he's got something in the front of the vest that looks like a fake little... Uh, tuxedo front. John Samuels looks like he is having a fun time with this. <laughs> he is all smiles. And we cut to DJ and Stephanie's expressions. They're probably like, oh, Uncle Jesse seems to be having more fun than we are. Lucky him. So Jesse tries to pull off a, an English butler Cockney accent. No, not Carson from Downton Abbey. Hi-ho, tea time at the Tanners. I, see, I, I can't even really pull off a English accent either, but meh. 
So Danny is confused, but he just kind of rolls with it. So he says, now we're English? <laughs> and Jesse says, no, 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 you silly twit. I'm the English one. <laughs> sure, whether that might have been like a custard or something on that silver platter that Jesse's carried out. And Danny like sticks his finger in it. And he says, oh, thank you very much, Mr. French. And Jesse drops the the accent and says, you're, you're welcome, Uncle Bill. <laughs> Ronnie, oh my gosh, this woman, I cannot stand her. She's got a hand on her hip. She's equally annoyed. It's like, lady, you are not going to send this out to the news station and call this a promo. You are not because it's ridiculous. I don't know what exactly she's trying to do. Because I know she wants to sell Danny as sophisticated. What? Where did the station find this woman? The classifieds? Craigslist didn't exist yet, so clearly it wasn't there. Ugh, she just, I can't stand her. Jesse goes over to... DJ and Stephanie says, Buffy, Jody. What what is that the Buffy Jody thing? What I know that's from a TV show, but I cannot think of what it is. And Joey just laughs because he's holding the cue cards. He's like, now you know, Danny, why I didn't want I didn't fight too hard to stay in this thing. This was beyond goofball ridiculous. Nobody would believe that this is Danny Tanner's life at home. Nobody no one that Anyone that didn't know anything about Danny Tanner, which most, you know, unless you work with Danny and visit his home, you're not going to know what his home life's like. You're just not. But anyone that even didn't even know anything about him would get, like, clearly, no. What is this? She could chop it down and edit it to the, the sun came home and it would still be a crazy, crazy mess. And Danny throws his hands up like, what does any of this have to do with our family? It's like, I thought we were doing a promo based on my family and my life. What is this hot mess? You know what this kind of reminds me of? And what's his name? David from the... Um, the music producer from Fatfish Records and the Captain Video Parts 1 and 2, which will be in the Jesse's music career, which I think I'll, I think I might be doing that in January of 2020, no, sometime in 2023. <laughs> we'll see. But, um, she just, but she comes off just rude and arrogant, whereas that other guy was just, I don't know, blowing hot air. So, instead of answering Danny's question, as he says, what does any of this have to do with my family? She grabs Danny by the arm, pulls him over to the chair, says, people, focus, focus. All right, bring in little Michelle. Oh, no, she just has him stand and has the crew go over by the door so they can film Danny's reaction. And she says, cue the baby Michelle. And Danny feels like, okay, at least you're getting something right here. Like, oh, baby Michelle, come to Danny, honey. 
we have an adorable little Asian girl dressed exactly like, you know, Stephanie and DJ with the black skirt, the white turtleneck, and the white pearls. He goes over and hugs Danny and says, hi, Daddy. And Danny just goes with it. He's like, hi, honey. Oh, she's so cute. She's so adorable. And he turns to Ronnie and asks, who is she? And Ronnie tells him, she's your adopted daughter. We thought it'd be great for your image. Excuse me? Danny ignores Ronnie, which, yes, of course, turns to this adorable girl and says, honey, is your mommy and or daddy nearby? And she says, in the kitchen. And he puts her down and says, okay, well, you go to your mommy and daddy, okay? He says, okay, well, you go in there and see them. And Danny says, oh, she's so cute. Almost as cute as my little baby. Where is my baby? Yeah, where is Michelle? Is she up in her crib in her in her room? Because we got Jesse and Joey down here with everyone else. Who's watching baby Michelle? Yeah, so he asks, where is my baby? And Ronnie says, oh, well, we wanted to go for the adopted daughter look. And, and actually... You know, Michelle was, just wasn't quite right for the part. I'd be like, excuse me? Danny is getting beyond irritated with her. He asks, you're saying my daughter wasn't right for the part of my daughter? I'm like, okay, you're done. You're done. Shut it down. You can go. I will be talking with my managers and boss and figuring this out because I don't know what you're doing here but this is not right at all <laughs> Joey <laughs> he says <laughs> he says I auditioned for the part and I came that close as he holds a thumb and uh, index finger <laughs> like a mere inch apart <laughs> love that Jesse and Joy, I mean, they're not taking this seriously because we, we, we aren't as viewers taking this seriously at all because we know how goofball ridiculous this is. You show them an accurate home life that is personal to them or you don't do it at all. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying. You show them, like, hey, they're walking their dog. They're sitting down to dinner with their family. They're opening their mail. They're reading a book on the couch or watching television or hanging out and having a movie night with the fam. What? Something to that effect. Just a typical day in the life. That's all you got to do. This hodgepodge bagage is just, ugh. And Danny turns on Jesse and Joey and says, I don't believe this. How could you guys let yourselves get talked into this? And Jesse tells Danny, like, well, I mean, we knew how important it was to you. And we just wanted to, you know, you know, we play along just in case you actually went for this crazy cartoon. Because that's clearly all this is. <laughs> so, ugh, Ronnie, I can't stand you, lady. I can't. She says, I don't think you understand. Television news is a very competitive market. Lady, I don't think you understand what planet you're on. This is Earth, 1987. She says, you got to do something different. You got to make a noise, make a splash. I'm like, 
then sell it as is with Danny, a single father. His brother-in-law and best friend are moved in, raising the girls. That's not different for 87? I'd say that's a big splash. Yes, blended families is where it is at, people, in 87. And in just... I mean, that's what we, that's what we see, you know, everyone, families are all different. They come in all shapes and sizes. It's not always going to be your typical mom, dad, brother, sister, dog scenario. It's just not. We got to get out of the whole, oh, this is the normal here. Everything else that isn't like this is not. Like, we need to get out of that mindset, frankly. Even Danny says, I think you splashed down from another planet. I mean, like, this is about my family. This is my video. We are doing it my way. And if you can't see my vision, then I can't help you. Danny turns to Jesse and Joey and says, I'm getting a vision. I'm seeing a lovely family. I'm seeing a loving family. I'm seeing friends who will do anything to help each other. Yeah, Danny says, I'm, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing my children playing the part of my children. These are not my children. They are, but they're, ugh. They look like they're dressed to play a recital in school. Actually, now that I think about it, that choir concert I did in seventh grade when I was 13, I think I had to, I had to get a skirt from somebody, a, a black skirt. Yeah, that's right, because I had to also have a white shirt. And then I, like, had to, like, put, put my hair up or something. And the thing is, even back then, I didn't do anything with my hair. I hardly ever, I never put it up. I never really started putting my hair up in a ponytail until I became an adult and started, you know, going on walks in the summertime. Like, I don't want my hair hanging on the back of my neck and all sweaty and gross. I want it up. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cut the hair short so that way. Problem solved. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Danny's vision here. Yeah. And even Joey just really nice, sweet. Not insane. And Ronnie says, it's been done. It's like, so what? So what? And Danny says, yeah, but not by us. Hey, I'm proud of who we are. And Danny pretty much says, like, it's this way or no way. Um, and unless you want to show people the real Tanner family, he says, I'm just going to have to direct this thing myself. And Ronnie really relinquishes the reins here. And she says, well, if you're going to direct, what am I going to do? And, of course, it's very simple, Ronnie. You're going to hold the cue cards. <laughs> yeah, throw it right back in her face. Come to daddy, honey. 
<laughs> His face, like, who is this child? We see the family gathered around. Jesse's got his <laughs> music writing glasses on. We got Danny in the middle of the couch with baby Michelle. We got Joey on the end of the couch. Jesse's sitting on the backslash arm of the couch. We got Stephanie by Danny's leg. We got Kimmy sitting in front of Joey on the floor, and then, of course, we have DJ off to the side there, which is just weird, because really, DJ should be sitting where Kimmy's sitting. So, we see the television, Danny comes in, says, hi, I'm Danny Tanner, I do the sports for Channel 8 Newsbeat. Oh, baby Michelle waving. She's probably waving to her mom off stage. <laughs> but here it looks like she's waving to Danny. So I didn't know that Danny did the news every three times a day. That's Wow, he has a long day. That's probably why he gets to come home in between, you know, uh, like 6, 30, 7 o'clock and then go back at 9 to do the news at 10. So, yeah, because he says every day at 4, 6, and 10, you know, you're kind enough to invite me into your home and make me a part of your family. And he tells the audience, well, I'd like to introduce you to my family. So he says, follow me, <laughs> like you have a choice. And he starts walking up the stairs. <laughs> I like how Danny's like, come on, don't be afraid. And he says, meet my stairs, my loafers, my socks, my slacks. So Danny opens the door to the girls' room, and the camera is focused on him. He's like, come on. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Hi, girls. Daddy's home. And they're like, Hi, Dad. They're sitting at the little table there in the room. I noticed that DJ's got 
encyclopedia set on her top shelf that is just to the right there of the door. The girls are both wearing San Francisco Giants hats. And they're doing their homework. And he gives them each a kiss on the head and says, This happens every night, I swear. This is my daughter, DJ, and this is Stephanie, my other daughter. And Danny says, Look, girls, Dad brought home a camera crew. And <laughs> DJ says, We know, Dad. And Stephanie explains, Yeah, Daddy, you came up here five minutes ago and told us. And Danny, of course, looks at the camera and says, Honesty. I teach my girls honesty. So DJ also puts a plug in for Danny as she says, Watch my dad do the sports weeknights on Channel 8. And Stephanie says, at 4, 6, and 10. And DJ and Stephanie both say, don't miss him. And Danny says, marketing. I also teach them marketing. So Danny brings the girls who are now not just wearing San Francisco Giants hats, but they're also holding the little pennants as well in their hands. He takes them over to Michelle's room across the hall. And we see Jesse and Joey standing by the changing table holding Michelle in this adorable little dress. As Danny says, this is my other little girl, Michelle. She puts her hand on Jesse's shoulder. And Danny says, not this one, this one. And Danny asks Jesse, is she ready? And Jesse says, is she ready? Are you ready, Michelle? And he asks, you ready? You ready? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I didn't love how she nods! And this is not the only La Bamba joke that this show has done. He says, okay, let's do a La Bamba thing ready for the Bay Area. area. You ready? Okay. He puts his hand kind of over her lips like, La Bamba. <laughs> That's right, yes, because um, the episode where... Danny ends up um, kissing DJ's Spanish teacher. Kimmy says that she got like a C or something in Spanish because she watched La Bamba like five times or three times or something like that. La Bamba is a good movie. I really, I still want to get at that. That one in Selena. Just, um... I really, really enjoy musical biopics. I think they're really, really done well. And we cut back to seeing the family watching this promo. And then we cut back to the promo as Danny says, these guys are also part of my family. I think this is so sweet. You know, Danny is being open and honest here. He says, see, I'm a single parent and they help me take care of my kids. And... Danny says, this is my brother-in-law, Jesse. And Danny tells them he has a rock band called Jesse Cochran and the Rippers. So, yes, after season one, they're going to drop Cochran, Jesse's last name, because he will later be known as, you know, Jesse Katsopoulos, which I honestly, I, I don't know why I like Katsopoulos better. It just, it, it really, like, rolls well together. And just Jesse and the Rippers, you don't got to add the last name. It's not called Jesse Katsopolis and the Rippers. No, just Jesse and the Rippers. It's eventually going to be called, not that band, but the next band that 
Jesse starts up in season eight. Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. <laughs> I don't know why that is. This just sounds like such an interesting name. Of course, Jesse takes the opportunity to say, Hi, Mom! <laughs> so then Danny moves on to Joey, saying this is Joey Gladstone. He's a, Joey's a stand-up comic. And Joey adds, yes, and of course, I'm much funnier than I am right now. So Danny picks up Michelle and says, Say hi, San Francisco. And then Joey, like, puts his head behind Michelle and pretends to do her voice. Hi, San Francisco. Please watch my daddy. He needs to work. I grow up. I'll grow my clothes every four months. <laughs> oh, we had to let the Kimmy and DJ are just chuckling at that. So Danny says, honesty, marketing, and begging for ratings. Danny says, welcome to my world. This is Danny Tanner, Channel 8 Action Sports. Well, they all say that together after Danny says, this is Danny Tanner. Okay, of course DJ's going to ask this on television so Danny, <laughs> Danny can't object. Dad, can I have a raise in my allowance? And DJ turns back to the camera and says, you'd like to see that, wouldn't you folks? And he puts a hand on DJ's shoulder and says, Kids, God love them. And DJ says, Write letters! Hi, quiet everybody. It's all, it's all right. Like, it's good. Hello. I'm Danny Tanner. I do the sports for Channel 8 Newsweek. <laughs> She's waving. Every day at 4, 6, and 10, you're kind enough to invite me into your home and make me a part of your family. Well, I'd like to introduce you to my family. Follow me. Like you have a choice. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Meet my stairs, my rollers, my socks, my slacks. Right this way. Oh, there you are. Hi, oh. girls. Daddy's home. This happens every night. I swear. This is my daughter DJ, and this is Stephanie. Look, girls. Dad brought home a camera crew. You know, Dad. Dad, Daddy, came up here five minutes ago and told us. Honesty. I teach my girls honesty. Watch my dad do the sports weeknights with Channel 8 at 4, 6, and 10. Don't miss them. Marketing. I also teach them marketing. Before you move fast. This is my other little girl, Michelle. Not this one. This one. Is she ready? Are you ready, Michelle? You ready? Huh? She <laughs> These guys are also part of my family. You see, I'm a single parent, and they help me take care of my kids. This is my brother-in-law, Jesse. He has a rock band called Jesse Cochran and the Rippers. Hi, Mom. And this is my good friend, Joey Gladstone. Joey's a stand-up comic. And, of course, I'm much funnier than I am right now. <laughs> yes, Michelle, say hi, San Francisco. Hi, San Francisco. Please watch my daddy. He needs to work. I have to my clothes every four months. <laughs> Honesty, marketing, and begging for ratings. Welcome to my world. This is Danny Tanner, Channel 8 Action Sports.
So yeah, the family applauds their wonderful promo video. And Joey says, you know, to be perfectly honest, it needed a poodle. You guys are going to get Comet in like two years. Slowly your roll there, Jojo. And Danny says, you guys were great. And DJ asks, well, does that mean I get the raise and allowance? So Danny's like, oh, let, let's see how many letters we get. Okay, this is something that honestly confused me probably the first or second time I ever would have seen this episode. It took me until I was an adult. Or, no, it was the the How Rude podcast that kind of um, <laughs> helped me understand this. Because Stephanie says, I bet you we get 18 tomorrow. And DJ says, Stephanie. Because I think my confusion was the fact that how does Stephanie know they're getting 18 letters tomorrow? And then it dawned on me, wait, no. DJ is writing letters pretending to be other people that want DJ to get a raise in her allowance. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Stephanie says, oops. Yes, we know. Stephanie can't keep a secret. Honestly, the only time she actually kept a secret until she actually had to tell the secret would have been in the Silence is Golden. Or Silence is not golden in the season six episode. Or season six, the uh, serious episode with um, Charles. So, yeah. But other than that, I mean, we know that Stephanie, even... Michelle is not real. I mean, just remember, well, I haven't covered the episode yet where, yeah, Gotta Dance, I think, is the episode where Stephanie jo joins that dance troupe and then Michelle has to keep the baby shower party that Becky's throwing a secret from Jesse and Jesse has, he uses ice cream, Michelle's weakness to get that secret out of her. So Danny quickly changes the subject and says, hey, everybody, into the kitchen. Anyone who wants to have a sugar rush right now, into the kitchen for ice cream sundaes. Oh, my God, I want ice cream sundae. Make a nice banana split, Jesse says. Oh, yeah, I bet. So as Jesse and Joey are coming out of, or they're heading into the kitchen from the living room, you hear that noise again. Funnily enough, that noise had been completely absent during this promo and the promo that Ronnie was shooting. We never heard the, the ferret once. And Danny, who's unaware, there even was a ferret in his house. What's interesting is the fact that the girls have completely just, like, it's like they lost interest. Like, now that they, because I don't think that Jesse and Joey ever told them, like, oh, that monster you're looking for, it's actually a ferret. But, yeah, they'll find it. They'll find it. He keeps saying senior ferret, but in the subtitles it says senior so, yeah, Jesse ends up getting the ferret, which doesn't bite Jesse at all. He's And Joey says, hey, remember our deal, though? A condo, a mink, and Club Med. So, yep, he got him. It's a white ferret with some 
little smatterings of, you know, you know, black hairs around it. So Jesse clearly knows his parents because he starts listing off its traits. He says, just as I suspected, a North American silver-footed ferret, two and a half pounds, adult male. And he, <laughs> he takes the ferret and, like, puts it in Joey's face. Like, see, for emphasis, it's a male. See that? Yeah. So Jesse tells Joey, look, the ferret is a menace. It's a varmint. And the only way to dispose of this menace is... And, of course, Joey gives him the puppy dog look with the eyes and... About a quivering bottom lip. Take him to Big Sur and let him go free. Yes. <laughs> Joey's throws an arm around Jesse's shoulder and says, Oh, you big lug, your heart's as big as your hair. So, of course, it's like, Yes, let's show the girls this is their monster. The uh, You know, those girls see that adorable thing. They're like, Can we keep it though? Can we? We don't have a pet. Both singing Born Free. Let's wait and see how many letters we get. I bet you we get 18 tomorrow. Stephanie. <laughs> you don't do them all at once, Deej. Trickle them through. Uh, 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 make a nice banana split. <laughs> gotcha. Aha. Senior ferret returns. He's making you look real bad. This time he is mine. Come here, buddy. Come here. Hey, remember our deal at Condo and Mink and Club Med? <laughs> Just as I suspected. A North American silver-footed ferret, two and a half pounds, adult male. <laughs> Joey, he's a pest and he's a varmint. And the only way to dispose of this menace is... <laughs> take him to Big Sur and let him go free. Oh, you big lug, your heart's as big as your hair. <laughs> all right, let's take him to the kitchen. Show the girls there's no monsters, right? Born free. So, actually, yeah, as they're running to catch the fair, we do see a little bit of a drop down of a boom mic or a sound mic or something. So, all right, that is the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I, like, I, I have not seen this one in, like, literal years. It has been so, so long. But then again, that's usually, like I said, that's how I like to do it when it comes to covering the podcast. You know, put distance between myself and the episode so that way my reactions are more, you know, genuine and real and all that good stuff. So... Worst outfit of the episode, as I had said earlier in the beginning of the episode, <laughs> I was going to give that to DJ and Stephanie's outfits when they're coming into the garage. And then third, I think third place is just, it's going to go for Kimmy's, you know, yellow outfit. I just, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, mm, I'm not a fan of that. If I had to go for, if there's a best outfit in the episode, because of course those were, you know, worst outfit of the episode was, you know, DJ, Stephanie, and Kimmy, best outfit of the episode, I'm going to go on 
on record, guys, I really didn't have one. I honestly did not. That rarely happens, and I want to just pick something for the sake of picking something, so I'm just going to say no. Tanner Teachable moment for this episode, I'm just going to throw it with DJ with the whole or asking for a raise in the allowance and how many letters you, you know, Danny says, let's see how many letters we get. And then, of course, Stephanie's like, oh, I bet we get 18 tomorrow. Um, how about this? You want to do this, right? You do it right. You don't send 18 letters at once. You trickle it. You know, a couple here, a couple there over, like, the month. And there you go. Makes it. See, unless Danny wants to see the letters and sees, like, the letters are written in, like, children's handwriting, crayon, and, like, DJ, you sent these letters yourself, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to do something like that, just don't send all the letters at once. Not to mention, you'd have to, like, write addresses and everything like that, different addresses from different... Well, really, who's going to say? Just basically, it's being run for, like, San Francisco or the Bay Area, you know, that particular news station. So, yeah. I have to be, yeah, just start going through the phone book looking at addresses. Okay, write that person's name here. Okay, so make it seem like these people all sent letters. So, yeah, that's that's my Tanner. Oh, well, and, and I guess another Tanner t teachable moment for the episode is just, if it, like, especially in Danny's case, it's just, if you are doing something, you're like, you're not representing my family how I feel it should be represented, just because you want to, like, step out of the, like, oh, it's been done before with the kids, like, no, no, no. Danny had a right to have his voice be heard, to take over creative control, like, hey, if we're doing this, we're doing it honestly, and we're doing it my way. Because no one would buy what Ronnie is trying to sell Danny as with the sophisticated, the child prodigy kids, the adopted daughter, the poodle, the uh, fake British butler, you know, English butler, what have you with Jesse. It just, no one would, wait, what? That is not the Danny Tanner that I see when I watch the news, or at least... Yeah, so, I mean, and, and Michelle's been on the news at least a couple of times where Jesse said, you know, drop her off, like, hey, I can't watch her, can you watch her? Joey's busy. Where Danny's actually had Michelle in his lap while he's covering the news. But yeah, those are my Tanner Teachable moments. All right, so next week we will be concluding our coverage of... Danny, Danny's career ladder journey with season three, episode 24, our very first telethon, which aired May 4th, 1990. In this episode, Danny hosts a telethon to raise money for the station. The Beach Boys also perform. Let's see, do we have anyone? Uh, we have, oh, Mr. Strawbridge, Mike Love. We have Ray Durrett slash dancer Adrian Harris. Alright, yeah, so look forward to that episode as we conclude this series, Danny Tanner, Danny's Career Letter Journey, basically. I hope you all have a great weekend as we start to, you know, head into April.
If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, you can do so by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, searching for the Full House or Fuller House Podcast, the my Lanto Fully Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. Leave a review. You can use emojis if you want. Describe your favorite character, your favorite episode of either show. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, new and old like yourselves. So, all right. Bye-bye, everybody.